talking to the goddamn microphone. Ain't nothing more important than doing the show right now. I'm trying. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks for May 13th, 2016. I am Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How are you doing today, Brian? Uh, I'm all right. I'm in Macland. Macland? Yes, I finally made the complete 100% transition to nothing but a MacBook Pro on which I'm running absolutely everything. Ah, it's nice. Told Who knew computers could uh, <laughs> reboot in about five seconds? Yeah, yeah. The land of yeah. SSD is a good place to be. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Uh, you know, some minor quibbles and complaints and certainly a, a lot of money spent on accessories to get things uh, nice and, and, you know, do that whole... I'm just using a laptop as my desktop thing, but uh, overall, not bad. One big complaint still, but this is not surprising. iTunes, God damn, what a piece of crap! Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty big steaming pile of poo. It's horrible, and I'm trying to move my entire library over, and then I got a time capsule, and I connected a USB drive to the time capsule that I'm trying to use as my media server. And oh, that's a yeah, that doesn't really work that well. <laughs> it's it works. It's just slow on import beyond slow and then of course itunes just keeps deciding to switch uh, the library back to on the actual computer instead of on the usb drive and i've had that happen four times now and i hate itunes yeah it's not good <laughs> anyways now that i got that off my chest so uh i got a hat tip from mike vinicor friend of the okay. show mxv um mm -hmm. and i didn't even notice is he, this is he bitching about something about vinyl again no no this is about oh. facebook which he mm. bitches about often as well. But turns out they removed the remember me checkbox from oh, login on the homepage. So you have to menu, like if you're on a, like your work computer uh -huh. and when you, you know, quit the browser, normally if you uncheck remember me or like don't have that checked when you sign in and when you quit the browser, you get mm -hmm. logged out. Right. Yeah. Well, they don't do that anymore. You have to manually log out of every computer you're on. Well, that's not good. That's yeah, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't affect me much because, sadly, I don't think I ever log out on my home computer. Uh, and uh, when I'm out and about, I would never use somebody else's. I just use the app. Right. But some people, like, you know, log in yeah. from somebody else's computer and don't want to don't have that. Or their work computer, which Man. you shouldn't be doing because you should be working instead of dicking around on Facebook all day. Oh, but on, still, for works. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but this is just it's one of those, like, little small changes that can have uh, drastic repercussions. Like when you're... Uh, the cleaning people come in at night and use the computer and can log into your Facebook account and do whatever they want to it. Are you, we're worried about the cleaning people getting on our Facebook now or your boss or anybody uh, that, else. That's a bit more of a, or, or the jerk that sits next to you in the cubicle. Yeah, that one is definitely, uh, I think that's what you got to be more worried about. Not uh, Conchita coming in and <laughs> now don't be racist. Okay. When's the last time you saw a white cleaning person in your office? Never. Okay. <laughs> Oh man, so that's that's pretty much all I got for uh, follow up from before. But uh, I think it's it's really interesting that they sh they they made that move because I mean yes they want you to be logged in all the time and they want you to be you know trackable all the time and most people are mm -hmm. you know it's just again grumpy old geeks uh, I miss the days when people would announce when they make changes instead of we have to find it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Where have you been for the last 15 years? Nobody uh, does that anymore. I've been on an old PC, apparently. Yes, you have. In the news. Well, it looks like Uber and Lyft did not do well in the land of Austin. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes, they've, they have uh, paused, as they call it, operations mm -hmm. uh, after their proposal one, which they spent over eight million dollars on, uh, didn't quite pass muster. Stay strong, Austin. <laughs> Stay strong. I'm behind you on this. Yeah, um, Austin is not asking for a lot. Well, they're asking for fingerprinting and yeah. and the mm -hmm. basic same the same things that the taxis have. They also uh, required a physical presence, so Uber had to open an office there. Okay, um, good, yeah, because then you have to pay some taxes. Yes, <laughs> you yeah. know, comes down to just everybody playing on the same playing field. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, again, Austin is not asking for anything egregious or outrageous here. Uh, play by the rules. Um, you know, we, we, we'd love to have you in our city. Uh, we just want some tax money and we want to make sure that our citizens stay uh, somewhat safe. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. There's another article by a guy named Jared Meyer, though, that I read this morning on Forbes, and it's called By Losing Uber, Austin is No Longer a Tech Capital. Really? Uh, uh, it, <laughs> Jared Meyer, me. you could blow me. <laughs> First up, the the title of this article has absolutely nothing to do with what was in the actual article, yeah. which we've, you know, we make fun of that all the time. But, it's, <laughs> you know, it's clickbaity headlines. So I read it. And it's an interesting piece on, you know, on the other side of the fence saying that, oh, you know, fingerprinting doesn't actually make us that much safer because the databases are often out of date. But here's the deal. Taxi companies have to do it. So guess what? Uber and Lyft should have to do it to any other ride sharing company that comes. Yeah, along. And by the way, just having some um, self-driven cabbies uh, that actually have some sort of app that directs them uh, not running in your company doesn't change your status as a tech capital. I, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <sighs> Had nothing to do with the actual yeah. article itself. And, you know, this guy is definitely biased because he has a book coming out uh, called mm. Uber Positive, Why Americans Love the Sharing Economy. So, yeah, he's, okay. he's definitely biased on this topic. But I thought it was an interesting read. Yeah, I can't wait to read the book. We'll, we'll be talking about that one on this show. So uh, speaking of more ride-sharing news, yes. Apple has invested $1 billion in wow. in the Chinese ride-hailing service, Didi Chuxing. Mm, cool. Catchy name. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it means, uh, what was it? Uh, Chuxing in Chinese means like to commute to travel, something like that. Mm. It, it, it well, generally uh, means give me a lift. A bunch of different companies, GM, et cetera, are starting to to basically place investments in in these various companies that have a foothold in the in the taxi markets in different cities because eventually they want to replace them with their own autonomous cars. It's well known that Apple has been working on a car of their own, so this would make sense. They may never even end up in the U.S. market, Apple cars. Well, eventually they probably would, but I could definitely see them uh, taking it and, and doing a test case in, in China with their car and uh, – the best way to do that, get involved with one of these ride-hailing services already. Yeah. And besides, Apple's got to do something with all that gigantic pile of money they're sitting on. Yeah, <laughs> they d definitely need to start spending some of that. Spread it around. I <laughs> uh, yeah. wish they would spread it around here, though. But, uh, yeah, Diddy Chuxing is, is, like, way bigger than Uber in mm -hmm. China. They're in over well, 400 cities, and I think Uber's in 50. Everything's bigger in China. Yes, uh, especially especially the ride-hailing services. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't go for the easy joke. I didn't. Okay, so Google is giving something away. They're they're catching on to the whole, uh, uh, you know, Elon Muskification of the of everything. So we'll just give you stuff. Uh, I particularly only love this because they made a joke out of it. Uh, they are releasing uh, software tools uh, for an open source for their language uh, parsing system, and they decided to uh, release it and give it the name Parsi McParseface. Yeah, they should have just kept it. I know the it's Bodie McBoatface thing was come on. Yeah, for five minutes, but come on. I mean, that joke is already too old. The Bodie McBoatface thing has already left the dock. So the Parsi McParseface is kind of silly. So we can't call this episode podcast McPodfastface. <laughs> no, we cannot. Yeah, yeah. veto. <laughs> I veto that one. But yeah, this is a natural language processor that uh, they're giving preloaded with uh, English so you can mm -hmm. learn how to uh, or your machine can learn how to read English. Yeah, it's cool. I, I If I were more into coding and programming, which I'm not because I'm now old, I'd be all over this and checking it out. But I don't care. No, I would definitely be all over this because it looks kind of neat. But yeah, yeah no more yeah. programming. Stop yeah, it. Just, <laughs> just kind of lazy. And speaking of that uh, article in the Washington Post that I found fascinating, Jason, we are now, you know, I thought it was bad enough when like 90s music and fashion was getting a resurgence. We've now reached the point where the web design stuff that we did about 10 to 15 years ago is coming back as retro cool. I don't like this one bit. I Actually, do not like You this. know, I'll, I, I, I feel like we'd be somewhat of a hypocrite if we don't embrace this. First, let me mention what it is. Uh, article in the Washington Post, the hottest trend in web design is making intentionally ugly and difficult sites, uh, making websites that basically look bad. Um, Hacker News, Pinboard, Drudge Report, Adult Swim, a bunch of different sites are using this uh, theory called web brutalism, which is the work of uh, one guy, well, one guy kind of popularized it named Pascal DeVille, or us back in the day, actually. Uh, he is a ad agency in Zurich. Um, and he is, he started a site called brutalist websites to showcase websites that he thought fit the brutalist aesthetic marked by a ruggedness and lack of concern to look comfortable or easy. So basically a reaction against what we've railed against, which is the uniformity and lameness of current web design standards. Now there's so, a big difference between, <laughs> yes, the uniformity of design has gotten 
very boring. And I, I, I go back to 37 signals with mm-hmm. this. They, they pioneered this, the same look back in the day when they started with base camp right. and uh, just their, even their sales page has been replicated hand over fist everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, they, they started this, that, that whole trend and every site did start to look the same. And now you, you know, it's the square specification. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's like six templates out there and they all look the same. So I do, I do miss the old days when you could have fun with the web, yeah. but just because you can have fun doesn't mean you need to make it horrifically ugly and not stick to web standards in, you know, no, I, I, agree. I, I agree. Uh, and some of the sites that they talk about, and I, I went and looked at his site, Brutalist, or whatever the hell it was called, uh, and, and a lot of the sites are absolutely horrible. But then I looked at something like they, they named Check Adult Swim. I looked at the Adult Swim website. It's interesting. It's colorful. And it's on brand. I, I It works. It's totally fine. And it's totally on brand. And I don't mind seeing this, these kind of sites again. Okay. Thank God, I'd say. Uh, it's up to you. <laughs> I'm... Yeah. It just feels like a giant step backwards to me. After all the work we put in, now we're just going backwards. Uh, it could be done well, just like most things. Mm-hmm. Uh, not done well was a bit of coding on the uh, on the uh, Pottermore website because uh, there's a new movie coming out called uh, Fantastic Beasts, I believe, and it's going to involve an American version of Hogwarts University. They had some JavaScript that some sneaky little kid found that uh, basically stated the four houses in the American version of Hogwarts uh, hidden in some JavaScript for a code that was going to be released in the future. So a little bit of a spoiler came out there from somebody just looking at code. You know what? Yep. <laughs> I I have been at shops where this has happened before. Oh, me too. It has happened to me before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It happens. People, people get fired over this and <laughs> people get fired over this, which is somewhat unfair, especially if you've complained about not having decent dev environments in the past. And, uh, the well, fact that, especially if you've got like a Harry Potter, where you have a million fans around the world, constantly poking and prodding at your site. Yeah. It, but it's just piss poor coding is what yeah. it is. Well, it's it's not, not thinking, you know, people just don't think it's like, Oh, what you mean? People will actually view source. Oh yeah. my goodness. You know, this happened with, uh, uh, we did a thing for universal and it was like, who's the big reveal. And the kid that was doing the JavaScript for it, put in transformers in the code. And the guy says, Oh, look, transformers. That's what they're going to announce next week. Oh, <laughs> so every head at universal calls us and it's just like, uh, excuse me, fire somebody. And half the, half the department got let go. <laughs> oopsies. Yeah. Yeah. Oopsies is right. So kids uh, program safe. Ob- obfuscate. <laughs> yes. Obfuscate. Uh, here's a story I probably should have put more on of the week. Uh, there's a band called yacht and uh, you know, they're hipster and lame and stupid because when they're not even name checked as a Los Angeles band, they're called a silver Lake band. Um, Ugh, yuck. If, you, if you are aware of, <laughs> for those of you not in Los Angeles it is the worst, worst hipster part of all of LA. Uh, so a band called yacht, uh, just, well, here, the story begins with, uh, <laughs> let's just begin at the beginning. Uh, there are two primary members of the band and they are romantic and artistic partners since 2006. Okay. So they're banging. Yeah, they, they, yes. And apparently they made a private video that was hacked and leaked online. Uh, or was so, it? Or was it? First, they said that they're very angry about this and they're doing legal proceedings. They they did a Kim Kardashian uh, and said, well, you know, it's out there. So we're going to try to make some money off this. So we're going to sell it now. So if you guys want to see it, uh, here you go. Uh, Give us a couple bucks for it. Turns out. (laughs) Turns out. This was actually a pathetic PR stunt to promote the release of their new album. And the sex tape, which actually didn't have any nudity or sex in it, is part of the video for their single that released and dropped. You are a douchebag. Yes, they are. Hey, I didn't even know he was on our show. (laughs) Yes, I I got my soundboard working, so we have to. Awesome. Yeah, so this is pretty stupid, and I'm not going to give him any more time talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, they're assholes. Um, Stay in Silver Lake and... Stay in Silver Lake and leave us alone, yacht. Uh, Irving Azoff has written an open letter. You know, who my is opinion. Irving Azoff? He's super massive, uh, legendary artist, manager, music industry type. Okay, I've been, never heard around for ages. Uh, huge behind the scene player. I mean, massive, massive. Uh, he basically 
told off YouTube. And he's not wrong, as much as I hate uh, open letters. He says, you have built a business that works really well for you and Google, but it doesn't work well for artists. Uh, if music matters to YouTube, then why not give musicians the same choice you give yourselves? Any artist should be able to decide which of their songs are available for free and which are part of a paid subscription service, or you should be able to opt out of YouTube entirely if you will not give the artist this choice. Can't disagree with that. Nope, can't do it. So, and you can't do any of that. Uh, if you are into the music industry crossover with technology as I am, and uh, you must be listening to this podcast because we talk about it all the time, I highly recommend you go read his letter because it's quite good and it's quite long. Uh, then I'll pass. Okay. <laughs> TL TLDR, he doesn't like YouTube. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> saved, saved you a click. There you go. Facebook is uh, in the news. And uh, they even put themselves in their own trending news because of their trending news. Okay. So, okay, yeah. Orberus, uh, go ahead. They are, they are being investigated by the government uh, for basically, uh, supposedly, they're keeping uh, conservative news out of their trending news feed. Uh, the big deal that has come out of this is they have been basically telling companies uh, that uh, their news gathering is completely determined by algorithms and machines. Turns out there's a leaked document that shows that it's not. There is a group of about 12 people that were hired to basically curate the news. Ah, interesting. And which, uh, which de facto makes them a completely news. Uh, they are an actual news organization. They're no more uh, different than HuffPost. They're well, just a like, cure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So instead of it being all like automated, uh, it is basically, you know, they had guidelines, they had suggested sites from which you would take your headlines, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, it was just uh, like 12 year old or 12 year old met could have been 12, 12 year olds <laughs> in a basement getting paid next to nothing that determined the trending topics for about a billion people worldwide. Yeah, no, that's awesome. that's how awesome. that works. <laughs> I mean, they have the power to do that. Yep. Just because they say it's machine based doesn't mean a damn thing. I did that at Technorati. I would always throw in stuff that I thought was fun into the top 10 and <laughs> impeach Bush <laughs> ended up being a trending topic because I put it in the trending topics and people yep. started to basically post about Bush being impeached. And guess yep. what? It was just a lark that I had when I came back from a two martini lunch. So <laughs> this is how the internet works. People, this is how yes. the sausage is made. Yes, and it is what it always has been. I don't understand why people are surprised by this or upset by it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can continue on with the death of journalism and Facebook and how they're causing it. Facebook Live is turning journalists into bad jackass copycats. Uh, this is a quick and interesting read, EA Journalism. It's basically uh, people desperate to get anybody to watch what they're doing, doing stupid stunts that are supposedly news organizations. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I get annoyed when I see somebody post one of their Facebook live things. It's like, oh, hey, I'm live now. I'm like, I don't I care. don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I didn't care when you were on Periscope. I didn't care where you were on Meerkat or whatever yeah. other services you, you, you that you're live on. You know, this is just this I think was going to phase out. I, I think this is just another phase. It's going to be it's not going to go away. Some people are going to do really, really well at it. But I mean, it's been almost a year and a half, two years where we've just been meerkat, 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 periscope, 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 Facebook live, Facebook live. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Google hangouts were around long before that. And people, I mean, nobody cares. Nobody, nobody wants to watch your ass live. Yeah. So let's uh, end the ranting with uh, two stories from me uh, that uh, actually are quite uplifting and good. Okay. Cause uh, yeah, we'll talk about this. Go ahead. Continue. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> Germany. Uh -huh. My people. Deutschland. Uber alles. Yes. Uh, I noticed when I was traveling around Germany just a couple of months ago how much there was a, just renewable energy everywhere. I mean, everywhere. All along the train tracks when you're going throughout the country, there's there's solar, there's wind, there's hydro, there's everything. I was like, wow, these guys are really, they're killing it over here. And apparently, uh, this last Sunday, Germany hit a new high in renewable energy generation thanks to a sunny and windy day at one point around 1 p.m. The country's entire uh, system of renewable energy supplied so much power that power prices actually went negative for several hours, meaning commercial customers were being paid to consume electricity. Yeehaw. So America, Trump, we're number <laughs> one, right? Making America great again, right? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, since I just drove across America, America. I did see uh, an, a huge, huge increase in solar and wind across the entire country. 
Good. It's about time. Um, Let's get it going. Yeah, uh, I saw the it's biggest. Not govern- it's not government run. It's all private organizations for the most part. Well, I saw the biggest solar field I've ever seen, and it went on forever. And yeah, everywhere, like once you, because it, it was windy the entire way. I'm like, why is it always so damn windy out here? And then you just look for miles and miles and miles. It's just wind farms everywhere. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. And hopefully we'll still be around to see it because uh, my next story is about an anti-aging startup called Elysium Health. Now, okay. this is interesting. Well, we've heard about this reserve at all and all those kind of different things, all these different uh, things that people seem to think will extend lifespan. Uh, the problem with such a thing is an experiment would take several lifespans to be able to test it uh, because obviously we need to wait around quite a long time to see if this actually extends our, our lives. So, well, the, the resveratrol stuff has been debunked. That really didn't do anything. For the, for the most part, it has been debunked. I wouldn't say it's been debunked. It's been proven that the amount that you would have to take is next to impossible. <laughs> About 17 pounds a day. <laughs> which, which is not the same as debunking. It's, it's right, but pl- the, the effects if, did if, not. If, if it were Mythbusters, they would say plausible. Uh, I don't know if that's plausible. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so basically this, this company is saying, well, there's no way that we're going to be able to do uh, FDA testing on this because it would take five generations. So we're just going to skip it. Yeah. See now, <laughs> Brian, you talk about how how cab companies and Uber likes like to skirt, you know, regulations and things like that all the time. This is something that you ingest and they're going around the FDA. I didn't say I was for it, Jason. You said you were you were okay, go ahead. Tell me. Tell me tell no, me aside. I, I, I think there's a real problem with that. I and there's no way in hell I would be taking this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree that there's something ridiculous about uh, the process for the FDA, and that's even for, for regular pills. We, we've heard about how it's just a complete and utter nightmare. And I don't know how you would approach this because this is something that would take generations. And if you want, I, I, this is what I would say, buyer beware. I would say that you would have to sign up through some government system that would say, you know, you are taking this. If I die, it's at your own risk. <laughs> yes. All that sort of thing. There's got to be something, some some sort of middle ground for something like this, because I do understand. I mean, people, you know, we, we've talked about uh, the singularity and, and Kurzweil and, and the crazy regime of pills that he's taking. And, and to a certain extent, it's, if you want to gamble on something like this and you believe in it enough, why not? Yeah, this is definitely caveat emptor, big time. Yeah. Oh, totally, uh, 100%. So interesting. And uh, the, that's off technologyreview.com. It's a really interesting full article um, all about their position on it, uh, uh, the science of what he's trying. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's just funny that, you know, basically you're taking pills of nads. That's <laughs> the whole point of it. Out of all of that, that's what you pulled out of the article. Of course. I'm taking pills of nads. <laughs> yes, you, we have met before, haven't we? <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, so GitHub announced unlimited private repos now. So they, they've simplified their pricing. So mm-hmm. on a personal level, you can get uh, for 7 bucks a month, unlimited repositories. And for organizations, it's $9 per user per month or 25 bucks a month for your first five users. Uh, this is great news if you run any kind of code repo, which I do. I still have, I got like, 15 github repos so for me this is great i just my bill just got cut in half <laughs> so if you like to write code go uh get your github on because this is uh this is a pretty good deal it is a good deal i'm uh, i'm actually quite happy about it and signing up and we'll be right back but now a word from our sponsors loot crates uh loot crate what a great way to support our show. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items. You have until the 19th of May at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive this month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. The crate's gone. Make sure to head to lootcrate.com grumpy and enter code grumpy to save $3 on any new subscription and support our show. Unleash the power, Jason! The onslaught of big summer blockbusters makes May the perfect time to celebrate some of pop culture's unstoppable, unrelenting, and unbeatable characters and objects. I don't know why an object would be unrelenting, but hey, it is. We've got something you can carry, something for your kitchen, and a cool figure to go with our monthly tea and pin. 
featuring two Marvel items plus Warcraft and Dragon Ball Z. No one crate should have all this power. More power. Go to lootcrate.com slash grumpy and enter code grumpy to save $3 and give us some money. Security? Ha! North Korea. My mm-hmm. favorite place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, General Vincent Brooks was telling the Senate Armed Services Committee last month that uh, he thinks North Korean hackers are actually pretty good. Yeah. He said, well, I would not characterize North Korean hackers as the best in the world. They are among the best and the best organized. Is there a BuzzFeed top 10 list on this? It uh, could be, but I'm telling you right now, they did not hack Sony. So No. <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, <sighs> uh, I just thought it was interesting that people are still talking about North Korean hackers. Um, they apparently are pretty good. And, well, uh, and since they can't leave the country, it's like the best thing for them is to have is just an army of hackers where they can just attack everybody without going anywhere. They're attacking everybody and also downloading porn and storing it in their GitHub repository because <laughs> they don't get any of that there. That, that'd be my guess. Would <laughs> be. Um, so have you heard of this company called Data Miner? I have. Without an E. Of course, without the E. Without the E. <laughs> because, you know. That's what we do now. Yes, uh, it's a private firm who uh, basically does uh, Twitter scraping and data analysis to figure out uh, yeah. what you're thinking, what you're going to do. Yep. And, and uh, they're mm-hmm. they're used by the cops a lot. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. anymore. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, they won't let uh, – Twitter has banned spy agencies from using the analytics service, which Twitter owns a 5% stake in. Interesting move. Why? Why would they do this? PR. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, basically, you're what saying, uh, yeah, come on, come on, Muslims, plan your stuff here. Yeah, I mean, the whole <laughs> the whole point of it is just it's very silly. It's it's just PR. Well, Twitter needs PR right now. I mean, Twitter is dangerously veering towards Yahoo territory in terms of what the hell are they going to do? <laughs> they're very very close to that because yeah, I mean, they're flailing. Yeah, they're totally flailing. I mean, uh, you know. I've never been a big user, but even I've noticed when I'm on doing basically promotion for this show or whatever, uh, things have slowed down a lot. A lot. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's like I go on my Google Plus account and there's even more people talking than on Twitter. Really? No, not really. (laughs) What about Ello? Ah, yes, Ello. Look, you should feel good, Twitter. You're still better than Google Plus and Ello. Yeah, (laughs) except I've got 10, like 11,000 followers on Google Plus and only 1,000 on Twitter. But nobody's on Google Plus, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I still get notifications of people that started following me on on Google Plus, and it's always like somebody from India. Oh, uh, I told mine are just normal people, but okay, yeah, I got on a couple of photography lists uh, it, early on when it got big. So mm-hmm. since then, not much. Anyway, um, in in oh, they're still doing this news. <laughs> Adobe Flash has uh, put out a, a new zero day patch for the third month in a row. If you're listening to the show and you actually have Adobe Flash installed on your computer, shame on you. Shame on you. Seriously. It's even off my parents' computer. Well, because of me, but. Yeah, yeah. Sneak into everybody's house that you know. Actually, yes. This is your your new job as a a good grumpy old geek Samaritan is anytime that you're on anybody's computer for any reason whatsoever. And I know a lot of you people out there are stuck in the same position that Jason and I are, which is every single person in the world calls you for free tech support. Your job, while you're mumbling and groaning and bitching about the fact that everybody in the world calls you for free tech support, is to remove Flash from every computer that you get your hands on. Yep. That is that is that is your goal. Go forth and uninstall, my friends. Yes. Yes, people. This is what you have to do. Okay. Uh, there was a rule change, uh, which uh, the, the U.S. government is just basically going whole hog on we want to be able to hack into everybody everywhere now. Um So the Supreme Court approved this rule change that uh, will basically allow U.S. law enforcement to get warrants to hack into users' computers and phones anywhere around the world. The interesting thing behind this is part of the deal is if you're using something like a VPN, uh, that means the government no longer has to stay within any sort of physical location for their searches. That allows them to search anywhere in the world because you are hiding your location. Well, that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, uh, second part of the change also allows for a single order to issue for an entire network of computers, such as devices belonging to, belong to victims infected with a botnet, basically meaning they only need one warrant to uh, basically hit every computer that around the world that's touched by that. Wow. 
yeah, this isn't good. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I understand why they asked for it. It does make sense, but it's not good. No, this is this is a massive overreach. Yes, it is. I will have to. I will definitely have to to dig into this. And uh, this is a uh, rule forty-one of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure. Rule forty-one, isn't that the one about sex on the internet? Oh, that's rule forty-two. It's rule forty-two. But if I were writing a good uh, spy movie right now or a spy book, I'd, I'd call it rule forty-one. Oh God, that one's free, people. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here. Pornhub. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sex on the internet. And getting screwed by your country. Uh, Pornhub has joined the bug bounty program. Okay. So if you can hack, if you can hack Pornhub, you can make anywhere between 50 and $25,000. This is also kind of more PR than anything else, right? I doubtful. I mean, okay. Pornhub has a user user base too. So yeah, yeah um, quite a- and 60 million people a day visit wow. Pornhub, That's which insane. is pretty insane. So if, if somebody got a hold of their, user database that mm-hmm. would that could potentially be a bad thing yeah the, the thing is, so. though is it's like it, with 60 million people a day going there it's just basically everybody you see on the street is probably going home and whacking it to Pornhub. it's ridiculous do they I, I assume then that they charge for stuff on Pornhub and they collect credit cards and whatnot i don't I mean, know i don't i don't, I, I, I don't I, go to Pornhub. i don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand thing. paying for porn but apparently i mean that would be a problem yeah no, I have, uh, I have never, I, it's one of the sites, surprisingly, I've never been on Pornhub. Yeah, I, I've looked at it a couple of times because they're always doing really great PR. So I always, you, you know, whatever crazy ass thing that they come up with, I go take a look at that just because it's funny, but uh, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got a, they've got a bunch of rules on the mm-hmm. site. Uh, if you go to hackerone.com slash Pornhub, that's, yeah. that's where, uh, where their list is of what you can hack and what you can't do. So don't do a <laughs> denial of service attack. <laughs> no physical attacks against the office. No social right. engineering of our service desk employees or contractors. Damn it. Yes. Uh, do not compromise a Pornhub users or employees account. Mm-hmm. Uh, no automated tools or scans, botnet, compromise site or clients, uh, blah, blah, blah. No um, one-handed hacking. <laughs> yes, no one-handed hacking. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. And this is the first time I've heard of HackerOne.com. And I was checking it out. And it's 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 a hub. Not a porn hub, but it's a uh, the vulnerability coordination and bug bounty platform. Okay. So if you're if you're a hacker looking to, you know, make some money, these guys have given out uh seven point six million dollars in bonuses so far. Uh twenty-two thousand four hundred and eighty-seven bugs have been fixed. Two thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight hackers have been thanked. I I you know what? I couldn't give a flying fuck about the thanks. That seven point six million in bounties paid, that's the number I care about. And 139 programs on here. So there's a lot. Even uh, Uber, Square, GM, Adobe. So maybe maybe these flash hacks are coming from here. Uh, Slack, Dropbox, and GitHub are also some of their customers. So if you want to go get your hack on, go check out HackerOne.com for sure. Do you remember the Wi-Fi Sense dealie with uh, Windows 10? Now that you're not a Windows 10 user anymore, it doesn't really matter, but... Yeah, I, I remember it. I... Uh, I made sure to shut it off. <laughs> yeah. This is the one where it would, it would share your Wi-Fi passwords with your social media network connections. Yes. Which, yeah. why would you want to do that? What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong with that? So Microsoft is killing it. Mm-hmm. We have removed the Wi-Fi sense feature that allows you to share Wi-Fi networks with your contacts and to be automatically connected to networks shared by your contacts. The cost of updating the code to keep this feature working combined with low usage and low demand, duh, <laughs> made this not worth further investment. I would like to think that we took some credit for that because we railed against this when it first came out. Yeah, I'd like to think that we could take some credit for that too, but I'm sure we can't. No, well, <laughs> we can, but it might not be true. Yeah. Well, hey, that doesn't stop anybody on the internet, does it? <laughs> that's that's correct. <laughs> um, capture the flag. I don't know what this is. I saw you put this in the notes. Okay. I have no idea. What this but is. you know what? You know what? Old school capture the flag is right. You have two teams, and you try and but, get the others to the other person's base and steal the flag and come yes, back. Yes, I understand the real game. I don't understand Facebook capture the flag. Well, this is a, it's a security. It, it's it's one way that people can learn security by breaking into systems and and. It's a platform, basically, for okay. teams of hackers to go against each other and try and get into other people's machines and stuff like that. Okay, very popular at Black Hat and DefCon and all those, all those things. But Facebook had built a capture the flag system internally for their people to 
learn security and, you know, hacking and things like that. Mm-hmm. But they've just open sourced the whole thing. It is kind of neat. <laughs> I was looking at it this morning. I don't have any use for it. Yeah. But it's pretty cool that they did this. You can go check it out. It's on it's on GitHub. Um, but you can spin up your own instances on your servers and set up teams and have hacking competitions. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Something I will never do. Yeah, I know something I will never do either, but I just think it's pretty cool that, you know, we are everybody's getting on the open source bandwagon. So hey. everybody is. And you know, what can possibly go wrong with that? Well, actually nothing because it's free, <laughs> free and open source. Absolutely. Nothing can go wrong with open source. Point one <laughs> <clears throat> WordPress. WordPress. <clears throat> this is not, this is not something that uh, powers 90% of the internet. This is something that you play with in your own, in your own spare time. I thought that was Pornhub. library jason brian what what did what is this link that you have in at the library i I wasn't able to finish a book but did did you happen to see what i put in the at the library section i did and i just i i squeed like a little girl Uh, i know so did i i'm so excited i've already pre-ordered it uh as we all know the grumpy old geeks are huge fans of terry pratchett and it was uh very sad when he passed and you know didn't exactly leave behind a, a last book that we really wanted to read until now. Yeah. Because the, the last, uh, the last disc world was not a disc world. So it wasn't really a disc world. It was more of the other story that neither of us were terribly fond of. However, the series of books that we did love, uh, Stephen Baxter and Terry Pratchett did together. The, I, I don't even know what the series is called. It's the, the long, long earth series. Long earth series. Yeah. Uh, so they left us, uh, with, the with the long utopia, which is book four, which was really good. I mean, the whole series is great. I had just assumed, well, we're done. Uh, yeah, because well, when when we reviewed the last book, it was we were kind of on the fence about Stephen Baxter taking over. Yeah, we and said, I thought, yeah, go for it, man. I kind of went, no, let's let's just stop. Yeah, but I was I I I thought he did such a good job on the last one that yeah, mm-hmm. he'd let him go. Why not? Well, luckily for both of us, Jason. Yes, uh, we, we have the best the of best, both worlds. We're getting the best possible conclusion to the series. One more book is coming. Terry Pratchett was involved. Uh, they finished it together. It is being released. I've already pre-ordered it uh, at June 14th, uh, 2016. And it wraps up the story. And I am so beyond happy about this. I can't I, yeah, I know. wait for this book. What a great series it's been. And the fact that we're actually getting a real conclusion written by both of them. I am beyond excited. And it's 400 pages. So it is not not small. Nope, cannot wait. No, this is this is great news. Even though I've got so many books that I got to read right now, uh, I'm clearing out the deck. I'm going to work my way through as much as possible because I'm uh, day one. I'm going into this one. Oh h- hell yeah, hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> we'll be binge listening to that one as it were because mm-hmm. I don't read books because I can't. I, <laughs> should call it at the earbuds. At the earbuds. Software, apps, and gadgets. There's this new feature in uh, OS 10 or OS X, whichever you want to call it, El Capitan. Yeah, I'm Did still I... getting used to that because, like, I, I was like, I don't even know what I have. What do I have? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I have to go look at which desktop images I have this week. Um, but because uh, I waited on El Capitan for quite some time because a lot of my audio stuff would not work under yeah. El Capitan, which is kind of the way audio software works yeah, by so not working <laughs> as much as we like to or as much as you've liked to make fun of windows so much i'm learning a whole new set of different things that one has to keep in mind for for mac yes so not so different anymore <laughs> so there was a there's a feature that i couldn't figure out what the hell it was whenever i'd shake my mouse the cursor would get just massive and i'm like what 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 is that mm-hmm. it was a new feature to uh it is called shake to locate in mm-hmm. case you have multiple monitors and you can't find your cursor Yep. Um, you just shake it and it gets really big. Yep. It's really annoying. So I love it. You do? I'm so glad you put this in there because I, I don't shake my mouse like you. I don't know what the hell you're doing with your computer, Jason. But I'm, usually I, try, I I'm usually trying to find my cursor. Well, and this is perfect for that because as soon as I read it, I did it. And I was like, this is awesome because I, you know, I have multi-monitor set up. I've got the, the laptop and then I've got the big monitor. And sometimes I have no idea where the damn cursor's gotten off to. And this is Fantastic. I love this feature. Okay. Well, if yep. you don't like it, uh, there's some there's a link in the show notes on how to turn it off. Well, I enjoy it. Because it should have been turned on for you automatically. Uh, it was. Well, but I again, I've 
never shake my mouse like that. Okay. It's, it, it ain't a Polaroid picture, Jason. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. So Instagram did some bullshit to get some PR. Yeah, they made it ugly. Yes, they made it ugly. They gave it a new monochrome look, and then they uh, crazed out the app icon. Now, this is, you know, I wouldn't even put this in there because it's basically just PR bullcrap, and it's kind of silly. Uh, But I do, I, I, I can't not read Instagram's head of design, Ian Spelter's, quote about this because it's it's genius in its stupidity <laughs> okay while the icon is a colorful doorway into the instagram app once inside the app we believe the color should come directly from the community's photos and videos okay yeah what a load of shit so okay. they just <laughs> they couldn't decide on a color palette so they just chose none yes exactly okay and then they tried to spin it as it's all about you mm-hmm and no more skeuomorphic design Yes. So it's, now, yeah. the, now the icon is this colorful puke instead of being a camera, so you could recognize it. Yeah. So you can't find it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey. but maybe you can shake your finger and then it'll appear. That was a that was a real stretch. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not <laughs> not all winners, people. Not all winners. Not all winners. Okay. Uh, we talked the other week about how Chrome is officially taken over as the number one browser, and there's therefore became uh, unusable through bloatware and things like that. And how people are starting to switch back to Firefox. Uh, Firefox has or Mozilla has relaunched Test Pilot for Firefox, an add-on that allows you to play around with their new features they're still developing okay. without having to install their development feeds. Okay. And so, well, that's about it, really. Have you tried it? Nope. Are you I'm gonna? still using Chrome? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've got enough to get used to now just being full time Mac. I, I, I can't switch browsers right now. I got work to do, people. Yeah, no doubt. I, I have Firefox on here just when I need to test something. The, yeah, I do. So, but it's, that's, that's becoming very rarely that I ever open up a. Usually when I open up Firefox, I have to wait 20 minutes for it to install like the 20 updates that have happened since the last time I opened it. Yeah, that does happen a lot. Uh, WhatsApp has uh, launched desktop apps that sync with your uh, mobile device app so you can do what Mac has been doing forever. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't use WhatsApp. So <laughs> I have it installed on my phone just in case. But yep. I, I use that, you know, every now and again, I'll pop in there and see if there's anything that I need to take care of. But yeah, I don't really use WhatsApp, so I don't need a desktop app for WhatsApp. Yep, me either. I was using it briefly for a while when I had a few people that uh, decided that's their preferred method of communication. And can we all get on board with just picking one or two things, everyone? But uh, now that they don't and I've got them to use other things like just standard texting, I no longer use WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how it goes. Yeah. So in in our drone talk mm-hmm. over the past, we always said, hey, why don't you just put a parachute on the goddamn thing? Yep. Well, New company called ParaZero has done that. When it when it senses your drone is going into free fall, it'll pop a little parachute and save your drone. Yeah. And hopefully save someone's head <laughs> when it when it when it lands on them. I've been playing with my drone a little bit. We couldn't do it on the trip, which is what I really wanted to do, but the winds were anywhere between 20 and 60 miles an hour for the entirety of our journey. So we didn't get to do it. But when I got to Chicago here, I started playing with it again because the wind is uh, much nicer here. And I, I got to tell you, man, you got to go get one. They're fun. No, I'm going to stick out of it. Uh, you already smashed your hand up. Don't care. Yeah, but I haven't done it since. I will. I will drone vicariously through you. Okay. <laughs> I'll start sending you some videos then. Oh, joy. More <laughs> things for me to, to delete and not look at. Hey, at least it's not pictures of the dog. Drink. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Hold on. <sighs> Much better. Much better. And one final app that you may want to check out, uh, particularly if you happen to be terrified of a Trump presidency, Maple Match. Uh, Maple Match makes it easy for Americans to find their ideal Canadian partner to save them from the unfathomable horror of a Trump presidency. I actually do not know if this is a real app or not. I'm guessing not. But if so, it's a dating app so you can find a Canadian. And I recommend it. I'm married one. Okay. (laughs) I know. I know a lot of people that have married Canadians. I think they're, they're, they're taking over just, you know, one one couple at a time. That's right. We're going to make Can-Americans. Media Candy. Top Gear, the new show on Amazon with, with our favorite people, uh, has finally gotten a name. I see that. Yep. I, I don't know if I like this name. The Grand Tour. The Grand Tour. I don't really care because I didn't care much for the name Top Gear. It's about them. It's not about the name. The funny thing that people notice is can be condensed to either TGT or GT, which is 
the reverse of Top Gear. Ah. So uh, Amazon has revealed the show will not have a set location. It is traveling around the world, hence the name, The Grand Tour, and we'll have a studio audience on location for each area. So um, I'd assume one would hear about that uh, if they were going to do one in L.A. so that you could show up and be there, but haven't heard anything. I think they've recorded the whole first season by now, haven't they? I don't know. It doesn't air till the fall. So yeah, who knows? I mean, they've been out and about and sending, putting up Instagram photos and things like that from being on location. I don't know how much they've recorded, but I'm super excited and I'm happy to announce that top here is now grand tour. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I still have not watched the, uh, the new British version. I I mean, the the trailer did look okay, but uh, well, that hasn't aired yet either. No, so. yeah, oh, that's right. I guess it hasn't. I I'm yeah. trying to be ignoring it, so hope, hoping that it'll pass me by, and I won't I won't feel the temptation to to dig well, in. Well, I'm not going to let that happen because I will tell you when it's on. Okay. <laughs> um, and speaking of weird things, yes, Glenn Danzig is mm-hmm. back with the Misfits. Wow, that big yeah must be a running dry, running dry. I'm thinking. Yeah, last time they all performed together was October 29th, 1983. And they they're doing, them, uh, right? say what? Like the two guys, the two main guys hate each other, don't they? Well, all three of them hate each other. Well, Jerry Only and Doyle, they still perform as the Misfits. Mm-hmm. And even though it's the, the Jerry Only experience, it's terrible, terrible, right. terrible. But uh, with Danzig back in, who's also terrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this should be a terrible show. But well, they're, they're, they're doing Riot Fest in Denver and Chicago, so I might get to see them. All right. Well, my my opinion on the Misfits is they are in the pantheon, the top three bands of all time, where I think T-shirt sales have uh, outshined actual listening to the band. Oh, absolutely. It's it's the Ramones, Joy Division, and the Misfits. Uh, never mind the bollocks. Also, there's a lot uh, of Sex Pistols uh, T-shirts out there too. Okay, that's true. Yeah. All right. The so top four. Yeah, they're definitely in the top four of of T-shirt sales, outselling the music. But uh, it'll be interesting. Danzig, you know, he ain't, he ain't what he used to be. Well, who is? Yeah, that's true. Uh, somebody that is, is a band that you love, Baby Metal. Love Baby Metal. And I'm a fan as well. They're, they're fun. Uh, and apparently uh, Rob Zombie is also a fan, but uh, not so much his fans. Yeah, I saw this when it came through. <laughs> I was just like, lighten up, guys. Come on. I know, lighten up, people. And Baby Metal do rock. And Zombie took him down fantastically, all of the trolls on his own, uh, on his own social media. So good job on you, Rob. Good job, Rob. <laughs> uh, I didn't have anything to, to rhyme that with. So we just go with good job, Rob. Yep. Uh, Brian Cranston, one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to start a Philip K. Dick Electric Dreams TV anthology where they're going to do a 10 part series based on uh, Philip K. Dick's stories. You which, have me. I'm intrigued. Uh, well, let me let me crap on it for you, because Ronald Moore is going to be the writer and executive producer. That's it. I'm out. I know. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I'm not going to watch it. No way. No, no, no. It'll be nine episodes will be absolutely fantastic. And he will destroy the whole fucking thing in the 10th episode. <laughs> I knew it. Fuck that shit. Fuck it. Uh, can't wait for that one. Fuck it. Fucking Ronald. We'll be right back. Enjoy a word from our sponsors. Moron of the week. It's like every other week, there's a new Kickstarter story that topped the other one. I mean, I thought it was bad when Kickstarter first started, but uh, the fallout of these longer, longer tail Kickstarters that made lots of money is just absolutely fantastic. I know. It's, uh, it's, we, we should have just kept the segment. <laughs> we, really, we really should have. I mean, putting it more on of the week is fine, but I do miss, I miss Bob's Kickstarters in the balls. Yeah. So we might sure. have to bring it back if we keep finding this stuff. Uh, Peachy Printer. The world's first $100 3D printer Kickstarter campaign was massive. Uh, let's see, uh, almost uh, well over half a million dollars. Yeah, 650 grand. 650 grand. Unfortunately, they've gone bankrupt uh, because their uh, financial manager embezzled over half of that to uh, buy a house. <laughs> yeah. not, not even buy. He built the house. So oh, I, wonder he he built three, I wonder if he three. I wonder if he 3D printed the house. Because <laughs> at least that would have been, you know, that would have at least been useful. <laughs> I love these stories. I and I love how people keep going, oh, Kickstarter is such a valid way to start a business. Well, it's a valid way to build a house. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Anyways, good times. Uh, even better than that, I mean, I, I I feel like we should just call this the Gwyneth Paltrow section. Well, because Kanye's out this week, so it, it can Kanye's go with Gwyneth and Kanye. Yeah, we do. We kind of cycle them in and out, don't we? It's just one week it's Gwyneth, the other week it's uh, Kanye. Uh, her latest scoop got into sex. Okay. Scoopy sex. Goopy sex. Ew. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are going to call it Goop Hub? <laughs> <laughs> So That's what good. did they do? Uh, behold, the $15,000 sex toy. Yeah, it's a 24-karat gold dildo. Oh, my goodness. Yep. That can't be hygienic. Uh, <laughs> we'll use the super expensive uh, vegetable wash from Whole Foods to clean it. <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to load this because I don't even want to see it. <laughs> well, she's not using it, so you're safe. Okay. Well, that might actually make it useful. <laughs> uh, speaking like of... Dinner. That came out. That's true. That would probably break the internet. Uh, next week on more of the week. <laughs> oh, and uh, finally, Budweiser has renamed its beer America. Until the November elections, Budweiser is swapping everything on its can, including its own name, to be as patriotic as possible. Yeah. Uh huh. America, the podcast. Yeah, uh, you got to watch the commercials. They're they're it so would bad. So. It would have been so cool. I would have moved them for Moron of the Week to Ooh Fancy if they would have gone with America. Yep, America. America. That's <laughs> what they should have called it. Man, what an opportunity missed. Yeah, they totally, they, they dropped it. They dropped the beer on that one. That's okay. You should drop Budweiser. I ran across this story this morning on TechCrunch, and it's researchers in the outback are using land cruisers to create a giant wireless network, like a mobile wireless network that attaches to the the front window of their Toyota land cruisers. So they can have, uh, basically because there's nothing in the outback, but if you're within 15 miles of another one of these trucks, you can create like a mesh network, which is pretty cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah, it uses Wi-Fi, UHF, and delay-tolerant networking devices. And you can send uh, emergency messages and geotagged information between the vehicles, which then get relayed out to uh, the Internet in general. So I think it's just a pretty neat story on how they're, you know, using the technology to kind of fill the gap out in the middle of nowhere instead of trying to run, you know, towers or cables. It's neat. It's neat. (laughs) Asshole. So we didn't get many comments this week. Uh, guys, you're dropping the ball. We had like too, too many last week, and this week we had none. So definitely go to the website and send us some questions or comments or leave us some five stars on iTunes. Something. Talk to Jason. us, people. Talk to us. Jason's lonely. I know. He just moved. Talk to him. It's just me and the dog. Frank. So that's, that's all I got. Shout out to... <clears throat> whiskey <clears throat> <laughs> you're the devil <laughs> uh, well okay thanks for listening i'm jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at jpt.me and i'm brian Schilmeister, and you can follow me on twitter at slender fungus or at the uh, aa meetings because of jason is dog <laughs> hey puppy 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 <laughs> grumpy old geeks is a partially fan supported show check out our patreon page at patreon.com slash gog we really appreciate your support if you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars, or better yet, tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify and Apple Music if you can get your iTunes working on your new computer. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stachansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 159. America. 